0: Pastor John, another common question that we get in the inbox is how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and how our lives are influenced by the Holy Spirit in our relationship to Him, which raises all sorts of questions in the the practices of what we should do and not do in that relationship. Mick from Arizona writes in to ask this, Pastor John, I was recently struck after reading 1 Thessalonians 5.19, which instructs us not to quench the Spirit. What does this phrase mean, do not quench the Spirit? And what are some ways that we might do this in our daily lives?
1: Let's get the specific text in front of us uh, and a little bit of context. So here's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 22. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now, let's get one thing really clear at the outset, namely that being able to quench the spirit of God does not mean that we are sovereign, and he's not It does not mean that we have final or decisive control over the omnipotent Spirit of God. It means that God, for wise and holy and good reasons, often allows us to resist the Holy Spirit, allows us, permits us, or as the old word suffers us, to resist the Holy Spirit. It's plain that God can overrule our resistance and quenching And bring us to repentance whenever he pleases. And I get that from 2 Timothy 2.25, where it says, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Repentance from resisting the Spirit of God is a gift of God. So let's keep out of our minds any thought here that our ability to quench the Spirit means we have decisive control over the Spirit in our lives. We don't. He is sovereign and lets us, for His purposes, sometimes quench Him. Now, what does it mean? What, what do we do when we quench the Spirit? And here are four quick answers. Number one, it means to despise the supernatural work of the Spirit and treat it with contempt right there in the context, do not quench the spirit, do not despise, despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good. Evidently, some in the church at Thessalonica despise the gift of prophecy. Now, why would they do that? Well, evidently, the gift was being misused in some way. I've seen it done. I've been tempted to despise it myself. It's so often the case. But Paul's response to that, which is very realistic, he says, yes, that happens. So test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Throw away the chaff. Keep the good. So don't despise God's gift. That would be the first way that we quench the Spirit, having an attitude of contempt towards God's supernatural gifting. Number two. Quenching the Spirit means neglecting the gift we have. Here's where I get that. First Timothy 4.14, 2 Timothy 1.6, compare these two. Do not neglect, Timothy, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by, by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And then Second Timothy 1.6. I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So in Paul's mind, neglecting the gift was virtually the opposite of fanning it into flame or quenching it. He could have said, Timothy, don't quench the spirit, stir up his gifts into flame. So if you have a gift from God, you are quenching the spirit if you don't fan it into flame. That's number two. Number three, quenching the Spirit means shutting down your emotions when joyful spiritual expressions are called for. I get that from Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord in your heart. So the vibrant fullness of the Spirit overflows in appropriate expressions like singing and making melody from the heart to the Lord. And if you don't like those expressions and you resist them, fold your arms, I'm not going to do that sort of thing. I'm not going to sing. You are quenching the Holy Spirit. Number four, finally, quenching the Spirit means resisting the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gracious behaviors that come from the Spirit. I get that from Ephesians 4.30, where it talks about grieving the Spirit. And I think grieving the Spirit and quenching the Spirit are very Close to each other. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for upbuilding as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, slander, be put away from you. So in front of the command not to grieve the Spirit, behind the command not to grieve the Spirit, we have these exhortations to be kind and gracious to other people. In other words, live out the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So my answer to Mick's question about this quenching of the Spirit is first that when we quench him, we're not sovereign. He is sovereign. And then it means four things, despising some gift of the Holy Spirit. Number two, neglecting some gift that we have. Number three, shutting down our emotions and refusing to give expression to them. And number four, resisting the fruit of the Spirit in our lives.
0: So good. Thank you, Pastor John. And uh, may we be very careful not to neglect or despise some of the gifts that God has has intended for us to enjoy in our lives and in our churches. This is such a great word for us today. Thank you, Pastor John. And next time we hear from a woman who who now finds herself stuck in a moment of indecision. So what are we to do as Christians when our hesitancy freezes us? That's the question Pastor John will address on Wednesday. For more about this podcast and to send us a question, go to our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash ask Pastor John. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you on Wednesday.